Well, hello everyone out there. Thanks for joining us on our very first ever Equity Colorado podcast. And what better way to kick things off than to have the owners and operators of Equity Colorado running the show today. Um, today we'll be talking about Equity Colorado and how it got its start. But the goal is for our listeners to pick up on the life lesson and bigger picture questions involved with starting a business or any other venture in life for that matter. So whether you're in your car or relaxing on the couch at home, let's get this thing started. So Todd and Stacy Schuster, thank you for joining us today. I'm thrilled to do this interview with you. You guys are longtime friends and you're the owners and operators of Equity Colorado Real Estate, the real estate gurus. Why don't you say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. Hey, thanks, Thank Paul. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, nice intro, man. I like that. Yeah. Feels good. Cool. Off the cuffs. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not bad for our first podcast. Yeah. Not it's to a good start. So anything you want to start with to tell our listeners about yourselves? I mean, we can just start with the basics. I've been doing real estate since 1989, which is hard to believe. That's like, I don't know, going on 28 years or something like that. As which, long as I've been alive. Oh, my God. That's just... Yeah, so uh, 28 years in this career and uh, been an agent, been a manager, and uh, now an owner. Uh, and it's uh, been a great lifestyle. Uh, loved the industry and uh, met my wife in the business. So, uh, Stacy. Yeah, so gosh, I got my real estate license actually in the state of Oregon back in 1998. Right out of high school, um, was taking some college classes, knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, wanted to own my own business. That was kind of the way I had been raised. Um, grandparents, parents had always done their own thing, so that was in my blood. Uh, so when I got my real estate license, that was kind of a very exciting time. Moved to Colorado in 2001. So yeah, real estate's the only thing I've ever done, the only thing I know. And that's why you're so darn good at it as the owners and operators of equity and selling real estate yourselves. We've definitely dabbled in a little bit of everything. Yeah. It sounds like And it. when you're, I mean, right out of high school, I was 22. So, uh, yeah, if you can have that up together, uh, you know that I've got a big birthday coming. Uh, <laughs> if I've been in this for 28 years and uh, started at age 22. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's what we do. It's what we know and uh, it's what we enjoy. So 22 years old, what was it? Was there a clicking moment that got you into real estate? What was it that made you want to do that? Um, well, my dad owned a real estate company, but I really didn't know a lot about the business. I was actually in the sporting goods industry, uh, worked in a ski shop, loved helping people buy skis, ski boots, loved that industry. Uh, I got to go skiing every weekend. Uh, I got to go demo skis. It was a ton of fun, but I was poor. I made no money in the business. And uh, the company I worked for, Larry Sports Center back in Oregon, uh, like Stacy, that's where I, I grew up, was in Portland, Oregon. I, uh, at a young age, I, I looked at the owner uh, and said, yeah, I can't have his job ever. And then I looked at uh, the general manager of the, the, the store, and that was his son. I figured, yeah, I can't have his job. So the upward mobility in that industry was very limited. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but there's nowhere to go. And uh, I was in college, uh, Portland State, a couple years. It really wasn't my thing. Um, I liked some of the classes, but I didn't see how it was going to apply for me to actually make a living and, and, and to get into the, the workforce. And 
again, you know, my dad had a, a small real estate company. He did well, always provided nicely for us, and I thought this might be something interesting for me. So I, I really didn't have a lot of ideas of what it was about other than helping people buy and sell homes. Yeah, the sales aspect. Is that something that you thought you would do just on a bigger scale, selling skis to selling homes? Yeah, I mean, I love selling skis because I wasn't selling the ski. I mean, they came looking for a ski. Mm -hmm. I mean, the people that came in, it wasn't like I was selling them a pair of shoes that they didn't want or a pair of skis they didn't want. They came in wanting a pair of skis. But the, the difficult part was there's a ton of skis. And many of them would be fine for those people. But to narrow that down and find the ski for that person that they're going to walk away and go, yeah, this has got the feel, it's got the look, it's got everything that I want, the price, mm -hmm. uh, that was fun. And I enjoyed doing that in that industry. And I thought I could just take that and help people in homes because there was, a, in, back in those days, there's a, a lot of inventory. There's a lot to look at. I mean, the average selling time was over six months. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like it is today where you got to run out and go buy a house the first one you see. Yeah. This was help me find the perfect house and I don't have to do it this weekend. And there's more out there than I can look at. And there wasn't an internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whole different time. Whole I mean, We had a book. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the book would come out every two weeks well it took two weeks to make the book I mean so it's a month old by the time the inventory comes I mean it was it was pretty silly compared to what we're doing today it's hard to believe they did it any other way than the internet totally it was I was the internet I was the one that had the information and I was the one that had seen the properties we did the tours and we would go out and so instead of someone you know googling and looking for a house they come to me and I've seen 50 houses already and I can help pare those down for them. So I I was the Google. Wow. Yeah. So you could give me your search parameters mm -hmm. and I would go find it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I would help pair up that house. And uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And Stacy, over to you. Did you have an aha moment when you got into real estate? Is it similar to Todd's scenario? You know, it was funny. I actually fell into real estate by accident. I was working as a barista in um, my parents' coffee shop. They own three different coffee shops in Bend, Oregon, and my sisters and I were the full-time employees there. And I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be a veterinarian, of all things. I wanted to take care of animals. And so to be in a position to take care of people, I think was kind of a cool transition, still being in that service arena. Um, but I remember coming home and my dad said, hey, you know, we've got our family realtor who's looking for an assistant. Do you want to maybe go apply for that job. I know you enjoy being a barista, but this might have more upward momentum for you. Um, and you could, something you could turn into a career. Yeah. So I went and I interviewed and I got the job and I started out just doing some marketing and advertising and computer work, got my real estate license. And I realized that in a short amount of time, I had the ability to connect and communicate with people in a very effective and efficient manner. And I wanted to get out in the sales force. So I started doing open houses and I started working side by side with this realtor and shadowing. And then I decided I kind of want to do this thing on my own. Yeah. And so I learned a lot and I was mentored very, very well. Um, but it was something that I really enjoyed and I liked the social aspect of it. And I enjoyed um, just 
all the different parts of the business and I knew immediately that that was where I wanted my career to be. Nice. And so set the stage. About what age were you when, you, when that all unfolded? Um, so I was 19 years old. 19 years old mm-hmm. and 22 years old. Just young kids yeah. selling real estate. Yeah. How long does it take to close your first transaction? And when did you start seeing this as being something beneficial that you could you know, see yourselves doing for the foreseeable future? Yeah, well, personally, I was uh, I was working a warehouse job from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m., which is a miserable job. I mean, it just throws you off your schedule, and I would then do real estate in the afternoons and then go do my night job, and my goal was to get out of that place as quick as I could, and I literally had contracts written within the first... 30 to 45 days I was in I was licensed wow however they fell apart (laughs) I didn't qualify my clients that well I was so excited to help people Mm -hmm. and put them in the car and show them stuff and my my dad even said it you know I was the best selling agent he had ever had but I hadn't closed the deals (laughs) so it took me probably uh, a good three months uh, until I got my first deal actually closed, but I probably had five or six contracts written mm-hmm. to get that one deal that finally closed. Because there's a lot of uh, learning that I had to do as far as getting people qualified, meeting with the lenders, and things like that. And I, I was I was missing some some key uh, components and just excited about getting people in the car and showing houses and writing up contracts and uh, not uh, really following through and getting them all ready so it, it took me a, it took me a while but with by the end of my second year I had sold over 40 homes so wow. I uh, I went after it and yeah I, I got out of that 9 to 5 p.m. job <laughs> yeah. as quick as I could yeah wow that's impressive and Stacy how about you so me I would definitely say that I have grown a lot through my career um, I wouldn't say that I lacked self-confidence in this area when I first started in real estate, but I'm the type that I like to be the expert. I like to study things and I like to know them very well before I ever execute. And real estate is on the job training. I mean, you learn as you go. And we tell people this all the time. You're not going to be an expert. And you can study all the books, all the manuals, attend all the seminars you want, but until you're in the trenches, you just don't know how to handle each buyer, each seller, each situation. So I was fortunate enough to be able to shadow a lot of very successful realtors before I went out on my own. And really that self-confidence came when Todd and I teamed up mm-hmm. and became a sales force together. He had a lot of the experience in the background. I enjoyed being with people. I enjoyed the communication. I enjoyed the marketing. I enjoyed the computer work. And I was able to really study what he had been developing over years and years. And just when you immerse yourself into this environment where you're constantly surrounded with wonderful information, good information, good knowledge, you start to pick it up yourself. And I can say that I've already been you know exposed to that just by listening to you guys over the years and for those listening out there who don't know Todd Stacy and myself my name is Paul we work together at Equity Colorado Real Estate if, if we didn't make that clear yet um, okay so that gives us an idea of how you got into the real estate industry and you guys have obviously covered a lot of ground how did you guys start Equity Colorado what made you want to do that where were you in life at that point so yeah that's a uh... 
that's a big fast forward. So, you know, I got in the business again, like I said, in 89. And then uh, in 2000, moved to uh, Colorado, uh, worked for a few companies. And then uh, 2009, uh, I was introduced to equity real estate, uh, which is uh, started in Utah. And, and really, I, I received a spam email. Uh, about a company that was looking to venture outside of their home state where they started and they wanted to go national. And uh, in 2009, not much was going on in the real estate industry for Stacy and I. It was pretty... Uh, Whew, rough pretty, times. Real rough times. Yeah. I mean, 2008, 9, 10. Uh, that was and, challenging. Yeah, we call them... They were the dark days. We, uh, we survived. Uh, we, we made it. A lot of people didn't. A lot of people went bankrupt. A lot of companies went out of business. Um, but we were fortunate enough to get this spam email from this equity real estate company that I took a look at. I uh, looked at their website. I kind of looked at a little bit about their business model. And it was intriguing enough for us to, uh, to drive down to Utah. We didn't have enough money to hop a flight. So... Uh, we actually drove down to Utah to go meet these people and, and find out what they were doing in Utah and uh, why they had seen so much success in a, in a down economy. And uh, in Utah, they back then they had something like 1,200 agents and, and their market is much, much smaller than the Denver market. And so 1,200, was, that, that was a huge company. And uh, when we met them, uh, we were impressed that they were, they were young which was intimidating to me because I'd been doing this for, at that time, almost 20 years. Uh, they'd been in the business, the owner, Brady, had been in the business maybe half that amount of time. He was in his 30s, uh, late 20s when he started the company. So I kind of felt like, geez, I've been, I've been doing this a long time and maybe I've been doing this too long and I can't learn something new that these young people are, are doing. And, it was a, a totally different business model than I was used to. I'd been you know, at Coldwell, I'd been at Remax, I'd been at a couple other companies, great companies, all of them, but this company had a totally different feel and a totally different business model uh, than I was used to. And uh, I think Stacy felt the same way, that we were just kind of impressed that these guys could see a different way of running a real estate company than what we had seen over our you know, past 15 or 20 years in the business. And so when you say equity was different, what about equity was different than, say, a Coldwell or a Remax? What was it that caught your attention right out of the gate when you say that it was a big difference? Well, the, the first thing that I was impressed with, again, this is 2009, and, and money is tight, and again, people are losing businesses, losing homes, and their business was a cash-operated business. They had no debt, and I, I was totally impressed with a company that didn't go out and leverage themselves and could survive and thrive in a down economy. And they were able to do that because they were they weren't doing things that we thought we needed to do. They didn't have a huge office. Again, they had about 1,200 agents uh, just outside of Salt Lake City. Their main office, oh, it, it couldn't have been more than 2,500 square feet. 
Uh, and that was mainly for operations, you know, for payroll and for the owner and a couple managers. The agents had a small work area, a small conference room, but they had really embraced the notion that agents don't need to go to the office. And it's not that they're home office agents, which, you know, we started using that terminology 15 years ago. I want to work from home. Agents just work from their phones. They're mobile. They're not even at home. They don't even have a printer at home. I mean, and so this company had seen that you don't need the color printer. You don't need a big phone system. You don't even need a big office. But what you do need are some good tools and some good systems and mainly great support, great communication with the agents. And like I said, they were thriving and they didn't have a lot of the things that we thought we needed if you were a real estate company. If, if Todd was just to go out and make his own real estate company, I would do what everyone else has done, which is you copy what you were doing and you tweak it. But I, you come from a big office, you go get an office, you get your phone system, you get your color copy, and maybe you tweak the marketing or maybe you tweak the commission split. But these guys didn't have a reference point of starting with something big. They had a reference point of let's just start with nothing. And what does an agent truly need in today's world? And I thought it was brilliant that you could actually own a company and be debt free they're not making millions of dollars. That wasn't their goal. Their goal was to offer a good service to agents, to take care of their agents, and to grow a good business, and let's see where it goes. Which I thought was, well, their, their saying was, just and fair. Just and fair. Just and fair. That's important. Yeah, and their other uh, tagline was, uniquely different, simply better. And those two just rang, uh, rang through to me. I'm like, really? This is uniquely different and simply better. And when it comes to making a decision on how to make an operation or how to change a, a, you know, a marketing tool or if you can give agents something else, you know, it, it came down to, is this just and fair? I mean, to make a decision uh, of what you need to do, that, that was it. It, it, it. Keep it simple. And that was, like, if you can keep something simple, you can manage it. And I'm all about, let's, let's keep things simple. Let's not make things too complicated. A modest business model where they're trimming the excess, using the money towards the things that are absolutely necessary. And that already off the bat sounds so much different than a lot of the companies that you hear about out there today who have big marble offices, just like you said, and you're not touching down. And I could see why you were interested in that. Um, Stacy, anything that you care to elaborate on? Well, I think if I had to sum up the meeting that we had with them in Utah in two words, I would say efficient and innovative. Those are the two things I walked away with. They were efficient and they were very innovative. And not to mention they had a great charisma and just an energy and something that you wanted to surround yourself with, something you wanted to be part of. Mm-hmm. And that was what really drew us in. Yeah, to be excited in 2009, Yeah, I mean, it was tough to be excited. <laughs> it was tough to be excited, but we got in that car, and man, we were strategizing and planning and figuring out how were we going to bring this to Colorado, not just because we were excited, but because we wanted to change the real estate industry in the Denver metro area the way they had done it in Utah. 
And so what was the plan? How did you bring it back to Colorado? Where'd you go from there? You're driving home or you're flying? No, you're driving home. Driving, driving. yes. Yeah, you're driving home. <laughs> we couldn't afford a flight. Yeah. <laughs> so you're driving home, ranting and raving about this new company. What were what was going through your mind on the drive home? How were you going to do it? You know, uh, the, the great thing is that we were going to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, we didn't have any extra money so you the plans were like these grandiose plans the plan was let's go get a shared secretarial service office they started in a garage i didn't want to start in a garage i'm like okay i need a place where i can go and i can feel good and and, and say i'm here and the company we were at at the time we were already expending a, a couple bucks to be there so we're like we can go get a shared secretarial service somewhere that Stacy and I want to go and we feel good about showing up mm-hmm. because we truly didn't know if anyone would join us. And we didn't know if anyone wanted to come play with us. I had a real estate sign. I had a website. I had some cool tools and support for people. But again, being a no-name company, it was a big risk that someone would want to join. And our business model is extremely different than all the other companies out there. Telling someone that you're only going to charge $499, I got more people looking at me going, how are you going to stay in business? Than worrying about how much they're gonna put in their pocket. They just didn't know if I was gonna be able to make it fly. And so with that being said, were you also selling real estate to get by to try to, or was this your full-time job at that point was to start to hire agents and build this thing? Or did you supplement your income as you go with real estate. So that was the cool part is we were able to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. So I kept both feet on the ground in the trenches of the sales force. Okay. And so I was working with our buyers and sellers and kept that business up and running while he was able to establish this company and get it off the ground. Wow. So it was really cool to be able to stay within the same industry and still work hand in hand, but he was doing the office and I was doing the home selling. I see. Again, we keep saying that we wear many different hats and talk about truly having to wear multiple hats. On one side, keeping the income afloat selling real estate, and on the other side, having to build trust and find people who wanted to join the brand new company that you just started. What was the turning point? How did you get people to find interest? I mean, aside from equity being just and fair, you could say, you could tell anybody that something is just and fair. How did you really get their attention and show them who you were and who equity was and get that ball rolling? No, I, th- I, th- I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, how do you get people to trust you? And yeah, it, it was a lot of a lot of cold calls, a lot of sitting down and talking to people and sh- telling them my vision of what this company was going to be. And the vision wasn't that we were going to be big and that we were going to have a bunch of agents and that we we're going to be this huge success. The vision was, don't worry about the company. The company's going to be here. Todd and Stacy are going to be here. The business model was fine. Even if nobody came to work for us, we were going to be Equity Colorado. Mm-hmm. And it could have just been Stacy and I. I see. Our overhead and the model was fine that we never went backwards. So the vision was, how would you like to be a part of something where someone's going to return your call quickly? You're going to get all these tools and systems to help you build your business and run it the way you want to run it. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have somebody 
put expectations upon you that are from the company. I want to support people. I don't want to tell them how to, to run their business. I'd like to show them. I'd like to support them, educate them. But if someone wants to sell and 10 homes a year, that's their goal. If someone wants to sell 50 homes a year, that's their goal. I'm not going to go to them and tell them what they need to do. And I, I wanted to build a company that everyone felt welcome. Whether you're a, a top dog, huge producer, or you're someone who just takes care of your, your best friends and you do a great job, as long as you are someone who's going to be a good representation of the company, be professional, be honest, and be enjoyable and supportive of others, that's really what we were building. We just wanted to have a place for people enjoyed. Enjoy what you do, enjoy this industry, and do it well, and do it in a manner that makes you happy. But not, you know, you have to go earn this much for the company, and you cost me that much, and I gotta look at my P&L and, and worry whether you're making me enough money. It's not how much money you're making me. It, it, it's never been about how many deals you're doing. It's about, are you a good person? And would you like to be a part of a good group of people? I've been with you guys for five, maybe even six years now. And you, you established Equity Colorado nearly eight years ago. Is that what we said just the other day? Almost eight years. It's been eight years. Been eight years. September is our eight-year anniversary. Eight years. And everything that you've just said from when you started out about hiring people that fit in, good people with good motivations, not much has changed because that's exactly what you've taught me and that's exactly what we keep doing in our company. So that I think in itself says a lot about who you are, that everything has been the same since day one and now we've just picked up momentum. And I think one of the things that I was so excited about when we decided to approach and launch this company was being in the sales industry and owning and operating our own business, we know how expensive real estate is. Mm -hmm. So to be able to put more money in the pockets of our agents so they could either spend it on themselves, spend it on growing their business, spend it on their kids, spend it on their family, whatever they wanted to do with that extra money, mm -hmm. I loved knowing that we were helping them in that way. Yeah. So it wasn't about collecting and, and building something. It was about empowering these people to do what they wanted with the income that they earned. It's funny, you, you know, you, you've said in the past, was it hard? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it was so hard. I mean, from the outside looking in, it may look like everything was so easy, but ugh. I mean, just, well, I, again, I mean, the economy wasn't good. So right there, just sales was hard. But yeah, earning trust is hard and, and you have to prove yourself. And I had to prove myself that we were going to do what we said we were going to do. And that first year, I bet we maybe had 30 agents that I brought on um, and, and some of them are still with us, which is really exciting. And then the second year, yeah, we doubled that. And, and you know, 60 agents, I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a big office, you know, 60 agents. I think that's one of the biggest Coldwell Banker offices I ever managed. And then year three, we hit that 100 mark. I'm like, 100? 100 agents. I'm like, this is crazy. By year four, we're just doing our thing. 
and we had sold over $400 million in real estate. How did this all happen? Because it never was a plan of how big we could be or anything. And looking back at day one, year one, of how hard it was to, we could have been free. I mean, it could have been come work at equity and take all your money and we won't charge you a dollar. And it's still hard because to, to get people to, to understand that it's about them and about what they do for clients and not about the name, uh, it, it takes it takes risk on their part. You know, yeah. there's, there's agents that you know are brand loyalty or were brand loyalty and the thought that that's what's going to make and if they ever left a, a company that's as big as some of those that are out there, they're not going to do well. And when they found out that they could do as well, if not better, because they felt empowered, they felt lightened, they felt free, that's when things really, really took off for us. We, we got some great agents, um, you know, a year or two from some big companies. And, and when they literally told me, I'm enjoying real estate again, you know you're doing something right. Mm-hmm. You're, you're looking at this in hindsight, but as it was unfolding, <laughs> did you know that you were doing these bigger picture things or did you just keep your head down no. and get to the next interview and get to the next interview? So the thing about the last eight years, it's not about focusing on the next year, the next month, the next week Mm -hmm. it's looking at the next 24 hours in front of you so as long as you did what you were supposed to do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. things just multiplied things just picked up speed yeah i I mean throughout my career you have your highs and your lows and and sometimes months that just don't feel right and you've you learn a lot And, and there's been a few key things that i've learned and, and one was no drama. I, I, I had some drama in my early years. And, you know, after when I moved here to Colorado, I, I was like, I don't want drama. So that's been something in, in the back of my mind always. So to keep drama from happening, then you, you just can't create it. So, I mean, that's where drama comes. It's, you create drama. And then as far as how you grow a company, how I didn't freak out about the big picture Stacy said it it was day by day and, and to me it's if you do the right things the right things will happen that's simple so every day I show up at the office and I go to work and that's my secret to success this has been extremely insightful. Uh, we've obviously been working together for a long, long time, but every time we talk about this bigger picture stuff, you guys just teach me so much, and I hope some of our listeners today will be able to get something out of that as well. Um, hearing about your why and what keeps you committed and, and building it from the ground up. So I just wanted to thank you for always being so insightful and, and sharing everything that you've done in your lives with real estate and cycling. And uh, Now, this has been fun, Paul. I... Uh... Paul, Paul and I, you, you know, we decided to do this podcast because Paul and I have these conversations sitting in my office and we kind of talk about life and, and you know, what, what motivates him and what motivates me. And, and, you know, he thinks I have wisdom and I think he has wisdom. And it's just fun being able to share and have these conversations. And, and, and hopefully it's, it's, you know, something that 
our listeners can hear from us and uh, and makes them think you know about why they're doing what they're doing and, and what what gets them up in the morning and uh, and maybe not always thinking about the big big picture of where they're gonna be and growing and building but just get up and do the right thing in the morning and, and go to work and, and take care of your family and then do it again the next day and, and not be so stressed out about these bigger picture things and, and just you know take it step at a time step at a time and you know these are the conversations I enjoy having with you Paul because I think it it helps keep you and I both grounded because we both can sometimes be looking too big. I completely agree and after every conversation like this that we have, we always end the conversation with great talk, Todd. So maybe we should incorporate that into our podcast. <laughs> I love it. And I like that. Yeah. So, great talk, Todd and Stacy Schuster. And hopefully all of our listeners out there got something from this session and uh, we look forward to doing more of these and hopefully we'll have some more lessons for you guys down the road as well. So Thanks for tuning in, Todd, Stacy. Thanks again. For thanks, your time. Paul. No, this is great. Appreciate it. This is so much fun. Thanks, Paul. And we'll see you next time on episode two. Oh, I think you're right on. I mean, you know, when I talk to agents, when we're interviewing agents, and when they ask, you know, what's the difficult part about real estate, I, I, it, it, it's not a real hard business. It's not something that takes, you know, years of education, but the number one thing it takes is consistency. And building business, it takes consistency. You gotta show up every single day. And being a good runner or a good cyclist, it takes consistency.